good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Hidney Cup, dude. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Robert, I cannot hear you, but this portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. All right, I think we're having just a little bit of technical difficulties, but happy Monday, everyone. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Haley Cherry. I am producing with host Robert Pilot, and today we have a great show. We have, as usual, Dr. Anthony Stately from the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis will be dropping in here shortly. Um, I'm not sure if we have Dr. Stately on the phone yet. But we are also going to be having um, Linda Cypress Kilborn will be joining us. And Linda works with the, she's the co-founder of um, MCARSM, which is Michigan's Coalition Against Racism in Sports Media. Um, and I think what we're going to be talking about is just some mascots in school. Um, really what we're going to be discussing was um, the Washington commanders in the NFL. Um, I've been seeing a lot of things online, just petitions about um, changing the name back from commanders to the Washington Redskins. Um, And honestly, I'm not sure how to feel about that. You know, the Redskins, I mean, that is, you know, can you hear me now, Haley? Yes, I got you, Robert. Thanks, thanks hey. for coming back. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to leave you hanging there and test you. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, <laughs> Dr. Staley doesn't have a link, he says, so um, that's why he's not on now. And I had to reboot my computer. Uh, one of the things uh, you, you were talking about with the – there's uh, – Across the country now, they're talking about uh, getting, as you said, the Redskins name back, which we don't like to talk about, and also the Cleveland Indians. So uh, we're not really happy with that. And hopefully, I I, I was thinking over the years, there have been um, many, many uh, uh, people wanting to get rid of the name with these kind of uh, actions. So hopefully <laughs> the same thing will happen. They were totally ignored when they had all these uh, petitions go out against getting rid of the name. And now they're having a petition to uh, change the name back. Uh, so it's really, it's just an interesting upside down world. Again, uh, they can't understand really where, where we're at with uh you know, what's racist and what's not racist, uh, you know. So we'll be talking uh, a lot about that in the second half of the hour here. And uh, while we're uh, waiting for Dr. Stately, we're going to talk a little bit, Haley. Uh, you were at the Shakopee Powwow uh, this past weekend, really toasty on Saturday. Saw a lot yeah. of people, a lot of listeners out there, Haley, that listened to Native Roots Radio and, of course, Native Roots Arts, which is... Uh, our store, uh, run by uh, my uh, Weha, which means second daughter in Ho-Chunk, and her husband, uh, Jelaine and Micah, uh, they did a great job, and you did a great job helping them set up. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Pina Gigi. It was, it was a blast. We were out at uh, Watchipi. Uh, right. Watch, yes. So, the, and that was probably the biggest, um, honestly, well put together powwows that I have seen in years and definitely the biggest um just so many vendors I believe they said Friday night's grand entry there was over a thousand dancers registered that danced grand entry 
1047, I heard to be exact. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the grand entry, if you've been to a powwow before, if you have ever been to a powwow before, I should say, uh, you know, the, the, that was over 40 minutes of, of dancers coming in. Of course, you mm-hmm. start out with the honor guard, uh, you know, and the staffs and the flags. And it's really interesting, too, because the military, our veterans uh, bring the flags in. And it's always kind of interesting that um, all our flags are before the United States flag. So that's that's pretty interesting. And, uh, right. uh, you know, and uh, the veterans, which we have more veterans per capita than any any other uh, community in the United States. So, and we were just celebrating like last week, the code talkers, code talkers. And speaking of not being able to talk, I have, I can't, I'm glad Dr. Stately's here because we're just, we're just looking at each other, Haley and I, uh, Dr. Stately, and we don't know what we're doing here without you. So I'm glad you were, are able to make it. And, uh, how are things going, Dr. Stately? Missed you Saturday at the powwow we were talking about. Yeah. And it looks like Dr. Stately can't hear us now. So it's... it's yes, it's a, I think he muted on himself. Monday. Can you hear us, Dr. Think... Stately? <laughs> I don't well, know. it doesn't look like an, uh, that he can hear us. But uh, we... We had a good time at the powwow. It was three days. So many people from all over the country. Uh, just an amazing, amazing three days. And again, it was super hot. So I had to uh, had to leave uh, midday on Saturday, and because it was getting up there in the temperatures. And uh, now our next gig is the state fair. So uh, that's going to be super hot coming up here. Doctor Stately, can you hear us? I can. Hey, welcome to Native How Roots Radio, and thanks for coming to save us because Haley and I are are just uh, blabbing struggling? about struggling. Yeah, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle, <laughs> struggling. Yeah, that was good. Yes, we're struggling. <laughs> Even though we do this every day, we were struggling. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like old hat for you, my. <laughs> hey, Doctor Stately. Yeah. I yes. was guess who I almost bought earrings from this weekend. Oh, from um, my brother, Charlie? Yes, I met your brother, Charlie. He was He's seriously the really nicest guy. He's probably you didn't buy them actually. He's a great guy. I know. Yeah, I did guy. go back. They sold out. I went back <laughs> looking. <laughs> I know. Like, what I've learned, like, when you go to those powwows, like, if you see something you really, really like, like, you just got to hop on it. Because, yeah. you know, there's, like, 3,000 people there. Like, you literally come back and, like, your thing's gone. By the time mm-hmm. you come back, it's like, yep. my sister bought some amazing earrings and she was like so excited that then she, the person she was with, she handed her the bag to her to like hold on to. And then she ended up losing the bag. And then my sister oh. was like, oh, no. yeah, my sister, I know. And you know what? Like I love about my sister. She has such an amazing spirit. My sister Ramona, she says, you know, like I would get upset. She's like, someone's going to have a really great powwow today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and we're going to be talking heat and uh, and a lot of things here in the next coming segment. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. Too bad we can't reboot this. This is a live show. Ho! We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. Stay with us. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why Native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Attention, Native American community. We've come a long way in our fight against COVID-19. The emergency declaration may be over, but our responsibility to stay vigilant remains. It is crucial to remember that the virus is still among us, and we must continue to prioritize our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. Besides getting vaccinated, 
let's not forget the basics when we're around people who are still vulnerable to COVID-19. Wear your mask, wash your hands regularly, and take an at-home COVID-19 test if you have any symptoms. We've shown incredible strength and resilience throughout history, and we will triumph over this challenge as well. Let's honor our ancestors by taking care of one another and keeping our communities safe. Together, let's navigate uncertain times with courage and unity. Stay informed, stay safe, and remember that our actions today will shape a brighter future for our Native community. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Hi, this is Ken Hakeland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our live call-in talk show airing every Saturday from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights you need to know to live and age well. Each week, we talk with guests who provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and self-care for caregivers, and help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one on AM 950 for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by St. Paul Public Schools, now giving out signing bonuses, so make sure to check them out at spps.org. Hey, it's that time of year, too. School's starting in another week. Uh, I know the teachers go back a week before the students, and uh, I always remember that uh, as a sad and happy thing to see uh, my colleagues, uh, at least the ones I liked, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen all summer and uh, and uh, the kids were coming and it was just the beginning of the new. But at the end of the school year, I'm burnt and ready to retire every year. So uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a fun time of year. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately and we're rebooting the show here. Uh, even though it was live, we have Dr. Stately, who you all know is the CEO of the Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And we discuss a lot of things. Dr. Stately knows a lot of history of our community and all over Turtle Island and his, um, his late great mother uh, was a big mover and shaker back in the day. And we just appreciate Dr. Stately coming in and talking uh, about a few things. We can wrap up the the. Um, powwow talk a little bit here too and i want to talk about the weather because it's going to be harsh here again and the fair starting and all these things and dr stately at the powwow saturday i was telling everyone i'm going to do a walk around i was at our booth and i was going to do a walk around and uh see what's going on and then maybe leave blah 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 and i had problems Walking around, it was so hot. I was like, oh, I'm getting back to the booth there and the fan and everything. It's kind mm-hmm. of an age thing, but it's also, I guess, the smoke and a combination of everything. I was kind of winded. Yeah, well, I think that's a probably a normal reaction. It is like, I think at its peak, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 92, maybe close to that. High 80s, yeah. maybe in the low 90s. Oh, it's low 90s for sure. <clears throat> you know, and I went as well, and I heard you were there, so I did look for you. I was like, no, tell me it's not true. He's here. Um, <laughs> and um, um, so I heard you were there, but when I, I went, I went around like 5, 5-ish, 5.30, so I had like about an hour, a little maybe an hour before um, the grand entry. And mm-hmm. um. It was hot. I was like surprised it was still hot at five thirty, and I was like, "Okay, well, gosh." I was thinking. My first thought was like, "How are these people dancing? Like, how is it possible?" There's just like, you know, it's just a testament to like how like much goes into being a dancer. Um, you know, you're wearing like I don't know fifty pounds of regalia on top of like everything else you're carrying. Um, you know, the bones of your ancestors and a few other things, but you know, like you're out there and you're just like, you're, you're doing your thing, which is like, you know, socializing, dancing, celebrating, you know, expressing gratitude for being here and, you know, giving, um, this amazing experience for us and for the creator, you know, and, um, but I was just, I was just astounded at like the fact that that many people, 
um, would be able to be in that space at that temperature. And like they all, none of them look grumpy or anything. They're all smiling and happy and mm -hmm. really excited to be together. And I saw a lot of laughter and a lot of like really great things. I got there just in time for grand entry. So that was amazing. I, it's like my favorite thing, grand entry mm -hmm. at Shakopee Powwow. It's like, you know, just watching them do their thing. And it's so amazing. And right. I ran into like my brother and his kids and all of the, his grandkids. And I swear he had a whole section to himself. Just like, you know, I was like, holy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, it, it, and I was there the night before and the grand entry uh, on Friday was uh, 45 minutes and it was just beautiful. Um, uh, oh, and I really, was beautiful too. Yeah. And I really like checking out the applique because that's pretty ho-chunk. I know uh, other tribes use it out uh, in uh, Nebraska, but that just seeing the different appliques on those dresses, mm -hmm. whether it's you know, a fancy dress or fancy, fancy uh, shawl or, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just fun. It really, really is just fun to see that. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever dance? Did you ever dance? Um, no, 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 not, not powwow dance. Um, not dis disco dancing in the seventies. I know you did just, that. Yeah. Disco. Yeah, for sure. You know, I gave um, John Travolta a run for his money. Um, I was thinking more like Denny Terrio. Well, him too. So, Do you remember Dan him? Was, yeah, from Dance Fever. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy that <laughs> he was the guy that trained um, John Travolta. That's how he got so famous. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I always learn stuff on here that I never thought I'd ever learn. But thank you for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I showed that um, I showed Saturday Night Fever to my sons not too long ago, and mm -hmm. you know I forgot about some of it, and I was like, oh my, you know the scene where she gets raped in the car right and i was like i had to like i was like oh so then i had to do a whole other talk and um, about stuff i was like jesus right I, you know this, this is like the the problem with being an elder is like you forget um you know the parts of things that are uh yeah top of mind right i was like oh my god i was like looking for the remote and trying to shut off in time and you know well, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, John Travolta's character, like, uh, around the lunch or dinner table with the fa father by kind of being abusive. And I was going, geez, I rem only remember good dancing and good music in this, uh, you know, groundbreaking music at the time. And thank goodness disco yeah. only lasted a few years, but uh, it was, like, really hip and happening in my senior year in high yeah. school. Did it last like a whole decade or no? Like a, I guess maybe like seven years possibly. Yeah. Anyway, well, by the time we're, we're but <laughs> one of the things I want to say about that power was like I ran into like so many people. Like I like told my brother and my niece was visiting from LA, so I'd say hi to them and like, hey, I'm gonna go find something to eat and I'll be back. And like I'm just walking along, and I just run into all these people I haven't seen in forever. That's what I love about that powwow, and that's what I love about just going to powwows. Period. It's like I run into people I haven't seen in like months, if not years, and it's like we pick up the conversation like right where we left off. And I see like all these really like I'm like oh my god, and I saw people I hadn't seen in years. Like the last time I saw them, they were shorter than me. Now they're taller than me, and I was like, right, you know. It's such an amazing experience, and by the time I got back to the stand after getting my buffalo steak sandwich, I was they they were gone. My family was gone. <laughs> well, I got to tell you a quick story, uh, and I don't mean to be taking up your time, but I got to tell you a quick story. So yesterday, um, this young girl who must have been about anywhere from eleven to twelve years old, uh, her father said. Uh, sing for these guys uh, like I was leaving and uh, you know in a good way and you know she hemmed and hawed a little bit for a little bit and then she sang and it was beautiful and so I just said to her pick anything you want off uh, in Native Roots uh, trading post here and you can have it and she bought some or she got some really nice uh, hooped earrings but it was just like, what a gift. And that's kind of the things that are happening in these powwows and little little buckets of area. Like you're running into people, you know, and it just going around, uh, around the grounds or by the food. You just run into little teeny miracles like that, too. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it was like a great experience. It's always just, and it, it's a time for me to reflect on like, this is how we were as communities, like before colonization, like, right? We would spend time with one another. We'd go to another person's camp. We'd spend time with them. We'd eat food, we'd sing, we'd dance. We'd share stories, we'd laugh. Maybe we would um, tell sad stories if there was like, you know, um, somebody we lost that we know each other. Mm. I certainly had that experience there. There was a friend of mine who died in it recently and um, I hadn't seen um, her family members in a while and that was sad but it was just like you know the thing that about a powwow is it's an opportunity for us to reconnect with people we haven't seen for a really long period of time people who hold a special place in our heart or a memory or whatever and it's like in that moment in time it's as though time is kind of like trans you teleported through time and all of a sudden you picked up right where you left off and you're just, you know, laughing again. And there's nothing like um, Indian music, Indian dancing, and Indian humor. And you get all of that at the powwow. Yeah, definitely. I got to yeah. see a couple of former students who are dancing, and one of them uh, who could have gone anywhere in the country on her grades, uh, one of my former students who was in my last in-person homeroom, um, she's going to Aug Augsburg. And I just nice. said, you know, check it out for a year or maybe go all four years. But, you know, I just want you to know that the community's proud of you. So proud of you to move on and, and, and get educated and, and be a, a good warrior and a good person uh, that she is, uh, I, you know, and it's opportunity to see people like that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite powwows. The next powwow I'll go to would be in a couple of weeks. I'll go to Makato. Yeah. Oh, which is also another favorite power of mine. It's a little bit less hot. Usually it's, you know, smaller. See, so you have a little bit more um, time to spend with people. You don't feel like you're, you know, at a drinking from a water hose there. And um, and then I'll probably also go to the Minneapolis Indian Ed Powell um, at the end of September, which is now, I think, going to be the last Powell of the season, officially, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always good to see you and uh, great for stopping in. And I know you, you have things to do. So uh, thank you, Dr. Yeah. Stately. And fun little conversation there. And uh, next stop, uh, I don't know if you're going to be at the fair Thursday or Friday, but if you are, stop by and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the fair in, in a good way. We'll do, we'll do for sure. My next stop is Fond du Lac, so I'll see you on Thursday. Though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Hey, good. that was Dr. Stately, right. C CEO of, Na of uh, Native American Community Clinic here in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities. Thanks again, Dr. Stately. All right. We'll be right back after this short break. Uh, please stay with us. ho -wah. Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line Extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system. I feel like a lot of times people, when they think about transit, it's like, well, it, it's a bus, it's a train, it's whatever. But it, it really isn't. It's a lifeline for many communities, and it feels like something that we really need here. Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Hey, it's Tom. Since 2009, All Energy Solar has been providing solar energy solutions to customers. With fully licensed electricians and installers, you can be sure that your solar installation will go smoothly. The team at All Energy Solar understands that every customer is unique. They'll take the time to survey and understand your property to find a solar solution that works for you. One of the biggest advantages of going solar is the opportunity to take advantage of the many solar incentives available. But it can often be confusing to know what you're qualified for. All Energy Solar Professionals will help you find out what savings you can apply for and even help with your applications. This is especially important since many rebate programs have limited capacity and are first come, first serve. 
So it's important to have a professional on your side who will make sure you get every eligible rebate. Get a free no-obligation assessment from all Energy Solar's commercial solar specialists by calling 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. We know dental anxiety and dental phobia are real. We'll take the time to get to know you and give you what you need to be comfortable at all times. We offer free nitrous oxide laughing gas and have high-tech options to help you feel calm and relaxed during your appointments. We'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been going to Shamblot Family Dentistry for years. They get me in last minute when I'm in pain and make regular checkups easy and comfortable. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. Next Chapter Booksellers is not just a bookstore, it's a hub for book clubs. Connect with like-minded readers in the Sci-Fi Fantasy Club, Manga Club, the brand new Romance Book Club, and more. A friendly bookseller from Next Chapter Booksellers will handle all the arrangements and lead a vibrant discussion. Plus, for the younger kids, there's First Chapter Storytime every Saturday. Share your own book club ideas and find out more at nextchapterbooksellers.com. That's Next Chapter Booksellers off Snelling and Grand in St. Paul. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 72, then very hot sunshine Tuesday with a high of 96. The Tungis Palette is a social enterprise business built with purpose and fortified with love. Discover the best peach cobbler in the world at Latungi's Palette, 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Visit the website at latungispalette.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, uh, Haley. And also, great job, Haley. Uh, Nina said great job uh, earlier in the show when you were... uh, uh, running the show in a good way, so I really appreciate you, Haley. Hey, we oh, have right on. Hey, we have Linda Kilborn on, and she's the co-founder of the Michigan Coalition Against Racism in Sports and Media. And uh, can you hear us, Linda? Yes, I can. Awesome. Hey, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us and uh, talking about what's happening in Michigan. I just want to say it's kind of weird that in the last two or three weeks I see like petitions about bringing racist names back to a couple professional sports teams. It's just, are we in a upside-down world here or what? Yeah, I've noticed that myself. It's uh, kind of been the talk around here. Um, you know, it's, uh, people just don't want to give up and, uh, they keep pushing. Yeah. Well, I hope it's as hard as it was for us to get these names removed because I, I know for years we've been, uh, protesting and having petitions out on that Washington name, especially. Um, so you have a lot going on in Michigan and just something dropped here a few days ago. I wonder if you could let our audience know a little bit about yourself and uh, what's happening in Michigan right now. Well, um, I'll just introduce myself. Um, uh, I've resided in uh, Michigan my whole entire life. Um, got to spend my summers in the South uh, with my father's side of the family. Um, and I've been involved with the mascots for many years now. Um, our first schools here, uh, two of them changed in 1968, and it's been a continuous um, battle and effort ever since trying to get schools changed. Um, there's also two other co-founders uh, with our organization. It's Jim Farrar and Gary Manowski. Um, so the three of us um, kind of came together uh, quite a few years back 
um, basically because schools didn't want to listen um, to individuals. They felt that you had to be uh, an organization or belong to somebody or, you know, that type of thing. So uh, back then we were going down to Cleveland, uh, working with the Cleveland Indians, and uh, got permission from Charlene Teeters, um, which then had the National Coalition Against Racism in Sports and Media, um, to become the Michigan Coalition. And uh, Jim worked pretty close with, with uh, the Bell Accords and them. So that's kind of how we became uh, the Michigan Coalition. Um, so then when we went to school board meetings and stuff like that, um, we could use an organizational name. And for some strange reason, they would perk up and listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so that kind of, you know, things got started that way. But originally, uh, for me, it was my children. Um, they were attending Marshall High School at the time, and they were the Redskins, and um, which we don't like using that word, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that kind of got things started for our family. Of course, we became the bad guys and all that. And uh, it took quite a few years um, working on that to get it changed and ended up in a civil rights complaint. We were the first ones to do that and won. Mm. And... Uh, then, you know, it was just we started getting phone calls from other families in other towns, and they'd ask us to come help them. And we just kind of came together and would support them and do what we could do to help make changes. And it's just been that way ever since. So um, we never go into a community, at least we haven't yet, that we weren't welcome to. Like, you know, if a family would call and say, please come help us, mm -hmm. they'd tell us the situation with the, you know, what the kids were going through and whatnot. Or we've actually had school boards um these last few years call and ask us to come which is a good thing um so yeah that's basically how it all came about more or less mm -hmm. well what have you seen uh in changing wise uh i think one of the interesting uh aspects about the redskin name is really where that comes from and a lot of the the conversation from the people that want to keep the name say they're honoring us. And then on the other side, if you look up really where the word redskin comes from and the scalps and the blood and all all that, uh, it's it's not a favorable name at all. Oh, absolutely not. No. Um, I think it's basically more or less um, – we go with the education. We try to educate as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's times when we have to bump things up and protest and whatnot, but we always do as much education as we can. Um, I think that's an important factor, but you always have people who just, they just don't want to accept the truth. Um, you know, we've, we've had the other side of history for so long mm -hmm. and it's been uh, pressed on us through the school system, some stuff that they just don't want to believe anything other than what they believe. So it's pretty difficult, but, um, yeah, it, it Redskins is like the very worst slurs that anyone could possibly use, um, from the meaning, you know, um, I was taught that, that they actually would scalp us and skin us from our necks down to our ankles and then make um, bridal uh, chaps and reins and things like that. Similar to what Hitler did to the Jews. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they made lampshades out of the Jewish people. So, yeah, there was a Holocaust in this country. And, um, you know, it it needs to be told and explained and, and whatnot so that people can understand um, you know, all the things Native people have went through all this time. And, and, and you know, there's things that still go on today. Um, people don't want to believe it, but it's, it happens. You know, it's going on. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's always an uphill battle. <laughs> totally is. And I think you hit, hit the nail on the head. It's an education thing. And, you know, we have, listening to our show all over Turtle Island, we have a lot of uh, – white allies that listen to this and get really get educated. These are things that we know as natives, but it's really good to talk about in this media that we're on. We're all over Turtle Island. We have over 200,000 listeners li listening to us. And just to, to educate them in a good way, um, you know, I, I still see when the Atlanta team is, is in the playoffs or they have big crowds, I still see the chop. 
uh, you know, the, the, it's supposed to be some tomahawk chop or some kind of <laughs> some kind of thing with singing, and uh, it's just really it's creepy now, especially with all the education out there. Right. I think you know we can uh, give some credit back to those old Hollywood movies. Right. You know the romancing and and all the war hoots and everything that people. Uh, you know, they just hang on to that for some reason. I, I really, it's really strange because, you know, it's a lot of it here is now we're down to the smaller towns, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's the Friday night football thing, you know, that's what they live for. And yeah, if you try to take it away from them, as they say, you know, it's like they don't know what else to live for. They they don't know what they're going to do on Friday night. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, it's, uh I try to understand it for years, and it's difficult, you know, when you're on the side of the fence that we walk on, you know, trying to understand why they grab a hold of something like that and just can't let go, you know. Um, But I think it's because they, you know, they they grow up, they stay in one place, they don't venture out really. Um, Of course, kids nowadays do, you know, they're off going to college and Mm -hmm. whatnot, and um but it's the older crowd, right. you know, like my age and stuff. They just they just can't let go of it. It's like they think they're going to die without it. So, yeah, it, it's kind of complicated at, at times. And then and then they also want to dig their heels in and just, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And uh, it doesn't matter what you do. They're not they're not going to change their minds. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good point. And I think I, I think Hollywood, like you said, has not done us any favors. And also. Uh, there's that big disconnect uh, between cities and uh, small towns. Uh, you know, here in Minnesota, they just passed a law uh, that they have to uh, have the 11 tribes here okay uh, their native name or they have to get rid of it. And I think it's coming up in September where they have to petition to the level 11 tribes here in Minnesota to, to keep their... Uh, I know the Warwood Warriors want to keep their name and their mascot, and there's a lot of Native kids and a lot of Native history up there in a good way. So it'll be interesting to see what name or who keeps their names and who doesn't and who's talked to these 11 tribes. Yeah, that's an interesting subject in itself there, too. Um, we have 12 federally recognized tribes here in Michigan, and um, I think four state-recognized tribes. And um, we have United uh, Tribes of Michigan mm-hmm. uh, that um, the tribes can belong to, you know, and they do a lot of stuff. They've written resolutions against um, the use of mascots and stuff, and they've done a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, the huron Nanawasipi Band um, actually created a Native American Heritage Fund where uh, it's something like... Uh, uh, $500,000 a year goes into it. I think their first year was like 2018 where schools can apply, um, for rebranding, you know, when they pick a new name and mm. stuff. And that has helped a lot, yeah. um, because that's always been one of the biggies that schools couldn't afford to make the change, even if they wanted to. Right. So now they can make an application, um, you know, and submit it. And, um, uh, hopefully receive some funding, um, to make those changes. So, um, it, it, it's really helped the cause here, you know, so we're very thankful to them for that. Um, and we have a lot of tribal support here in Michigan. Um, I think we've collected almost every tribe, uh, resolution, um, you know, against the youth and and we present that to the schools, you know, hand them the resolutions and show them that the tribes, you know, are, are have spoken and mm-hmm. you know they're saying it's not good and this and that but then still uh we have we have just changed our last redson school here in michigan in april canon frontier mm-hmm. and uh it's quite interesting uh we have a person there who claims native heritage but she's attempting her second recall right now uh because she's proud to be a redskin Right. So, you know, you deal with, with that, those situations at times, too. So, yeah, it can get quite interesting. But we've also seen the other side of it where um, 
back in the 90s and the 80s especially, uh, things would get violent, Mm -hmm. very violent. Um, You know, people would get beat up. uh, We had cars damaged, uh, death threats. It it got really crazy at times. Yeah, where I think now we're seeing more... um, well, since 2020, we've had 19 schools change. Hey, Linda, so can you can you hold on for another segment? We got to take a quick break. Sure, absolutely great. Hey, we're with Linda Kilborn, Michigan Schools uh, Coalition against a uh, Michigan Coalition against racism in sports and media, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Yes, they do, and uh, we're really glad to have them uh, as a really long sponsor. We really appreciate Hauling for Wolves, and we really appreciate them protecting our relatives uh, all over Turtle Island here. Hey, we're here with uh, Linda Kilborn and uh, Michigan Coalition Against Racism in Sports and Media. We're having a really good conversation about kind of the history of uh, mascots and kind of how they want to bring it back. Uh, welcome back, Linda. Oh, thank you very much. Miigwech. <laughs> hey, so uh, like here in Minnesota, I was talking about uh, we have the trifecta. We have the governor, we have the uh, uh, Senate, and legislators are all Democrats. And a lot of really, really good things have happened here in this last session when it comes to uh, Native things. We have uh, representation with our lieutenant governor and also uh one state senator and uh, three other representatives that are Native American, and we're moving forward on a lot of good things. How is it in Michigan? Uh, well, we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, they uh, have a Democratic uh, Nishnabe caucus now that's been doing a lot of work in different areas. Um, we have had support from some of the senators and stuff. Uh, we attempted uh, three bills here a while back. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't get them as far as we hoped for. Um, during the lame duck, they pulled them. Um, but it, it's a lot of work. You know, we just keep at it. And um, there's a, a lot of good things going on, you know. Um, people are trying to do things in a good way. 
Um, the tribes have come together on a, on a lot of things here. So it's just, uh, you know, keep moving forward and, and doing the best that we can. Um, our state board of education has just revised and rewrote, um, the resolution against Native American mascots. The first one, uh, we got in 2003 and then they revised it in 210 and 216. So, um, they just revised it here, um, this last month just to, uh, bring it more up to date again. So, um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> well, it's exciting and, um, you know, what, what, I guess I always like to ask for a call of action too, and especially with, uh, just generally speaking about mascots, but how can we help, uh, what's going on in Michigan and help you do, is there a phone number? Is there a Facebook page for us to join or how, how, what is your call to action for our people listening? Um, well, we do have a few things out there, um, that people can go to native rights, Michigan, um, is a Facebook page uh, ran, ran by Monica Washington Padul. Um, she tried to keep up. She keeps up with that. Um, of course, people can always contact me. Um, we had a website, um, but that's being worked on right now. It's not really up and going at the moment, um, but hopefully we'll have that going again. Um, so if they just like Google Native Rights Michigan, um, there'll be different things that it comes up. Um, they can always do uh, Michigan Coalition Against Racism Sports Media at Hotmail.com uh, if they want to send an email to me. Cool. And then uh, is there any politicians or any kind of action where you'd like uh, our listeners to, because we know here uh, by being on many years now, seven years, that uh, the politicians do listen when they get a phone call or an email. Uh, is there any anybody that you'd like us to uh, have our listeners uh, reach out to in a in a good way uh, to support what your actions? Well, um, yeah, call the governor. Let's <laughs> yeah. we'll just go. We'll go straight to the top. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, let them know that you know it's not appreciated because. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention is mm -hmm. that people need to realize that um, these schools that have Native American imagery, um, you know, they say, oh, we honor you. We do all this stuff, you know, and, right. you know, it's in their community. So, you know, you're an outsider. Get out and this and that. But what they don't realize is when they leave their town, mm -hmm. city, whatever, and they carry that race-based imagery with them out to another town they are affecting other native people in another community mm -hmm. so it's not just you know it's ours we're here this is our place no you're carrying you're carrying that with you out to other places so you need to take into account who you're affecting with that and a mascot doesn't make you who you are you know they're, they're nice to have. It's great for the kids. You got to have that, you know, team spirit thing and all that. Mm -hmm. assemblies and, but it's the town, it's the, the kids, it's the coaches, it's the teachers, it's the community that makes you who you are. Mm -hmm. wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I just want to say, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. And I, and reaching out too, and you know, Linda, I see this picture of we have a picture of you up on our uh, YouTube and Facebook Live, and we have met before. Yes, we have. <laughs> so <laughs> I did not know that until I saw this picture. This is awesome. We got to have you on more often. Um, <laughs> this is uh, good words, and we can talk about uh, some more things that are happening in Michigan. Because, like I said, we uh, we have people listening to us all over the country, and so. We'd, Love to get more updates from you, Linda. This has been a really big pleasure of mine and Haley's to have you on today. Well, I, I'm honored that you asked me and, uh, you know, we were able to reconnect and uh, yeah. have the discussion because it's one that needs to be done more often. You know, um, I know it's a big thing out there, but uh, we need more education so that people can understand better. Perfect. Yeah. So again, thanks for stopping in and we're going to have you on again and uh, uh, keep working. And also, I want to really say, Pinigi, thank you for all your years uh, 
advocating for our people all over the Turtle Island. And uh, now that I put a picture to the face, I know your work and uh, I really appreciate uh, all you've done these past years and uh, what you're doing now. Well, miigwech. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon and thanks so much for stopping in. Oh, oh, uh, Mama P. Minowa Cleverman. Right on. We'll see you. Pinagigi, thank you so much. Wow, uh, Haley, that was a really good interview. Uh, really appreciate uh, yes. Linda coming in. And it's just amazing. I mean, you being a young person, what do you feel like uh, of mascots? Has it been kind of just a, a blur of them? Or are you young enough to know that they're not good and people have been removing them? Uh, yeah, how, I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been aware um, of certain types of mascots like that. Definitely. And, um, you know, our culture is not a game. It's not something you play with. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be something that you use for um, a sports team's name. Um, I think it's disrespectful. I think, you know, I, I don't think that the Redskins name should come back in Washington. And, and you know, I'm seeing, you know, that petition to bring back that name, if it gets, you know, 150,000 signatures, it'll be the most signed on change.org ever, which is (laughs) wild. (laughs) Well, and which also, you know, there's still a lot of racists out there. And you also think about, well, Trump got 70 million votes and people, one of the things I think Alinda was alluding to that I didn't really get into with her about is that, you know, it's generational. And I think a lot of people uh, that aren't educated maybe are worried about losing some illusion of power and, you know, not being able, not telling people what to do. And especially, you know, the city versus uh, urban versus country is a real thing. And we really have to, uh, at least here in Minnesota, we have to really become the DFL again. And that's the Democrat farmer labor union and uh, get the laborers back in and the farmers because these other people are not for them and we got to unite and and educate and that's what we're doing here and uh, thanks for the great show and thanks for doing everything you do Haley and I want to thank Dr. Stately and of course Linda Kilborn Uh, it's great to see her again this is Native Ritz Radio and we're going to be on again tomorrow free Leonard Peltier Now. now